Good morning. I'm Marshall Davis. This is another one of the videos and podcasts that I am sharing on spiritual topics. And today I'm going to talk about fear. There's a lot of irrational thinking uh, when it comes to fear, especially when spoken about in a spiritual context. This is only natural since fear is such a powerful emotion. And I understand why many people in spiritual circles would like to ban fear from their emotional vocabulary and make the spiritual life all about love and peace and joy. You know, there's something instinctive in us that thinks that fear is bad and that maybe it's even unspiritual to feel fear. We think something's wrong if we are afraid. People who come out of uh, strict Christian backgrounds, like fundamentalist or, or strict Roman Catholic backgrounds, this fear often has to do with the fear of hell and damnation. People who have left, come out of those types of traditions, are glad to be rid of their unhealthy fear. With good reason, they want nothing to do with fear when it comes to religion. The reality is that fear is a natural element of the human condition, as part of the human animal. It is what kept our species alive for the last 200,000 years, and kept our pre-human ancestors alive for the millions of years before we were humans. We are the descendants of animals who survived because they had a healthy fear of threats to their physical existence, that shadow in, that, in the dark or that noise in the undergrowth could very well be a predator. And so they learned to be afraid and to save their lives, to have adrenaline pump through their veins to ready them to flee or to fight. Spiritually speaking, fear is also a very helpful emotion. It is not unhealthy or unspiritual to be afraid. It is simply what it is. It is part of being human. Spiritually, it can be an indicator that we are approaching the Holy One, who is at the heart of our existence. As the biblical proverb says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear has showed up in my life at very important junctions along my spiritual journey. For me, it was never a fear of hell or damnation. I grew up in a mainline congregational church in Massachusetts that did not go in for that sort of thing. It had left behind the, the Puritan roots of Jonathan Edwards' hellfire preaching long ago. Even later, when I became a, an evangelical Christian, fear of judgment or eternal punishment was not part of my experience. It was part of my theology back then, but not my experience. The same with the fear of the devil or evil spirits or any other type of religious hobgoblins. But fear itself would appear every once in a while in a spiritual context in my life. The first dramatic time was a few months after I had surrendered my life to Christ and thereby become a Christian, which was itself a life-changing experience. I was outside my college dormitory with my girlfriend, who a year later would become my wife, and it was nighttime and the stars were out and we were simply enjoying the view of the heavens on a clear night when all of a sudden fear enveloped me, so much so that I began to physically 
tremble, and my wife still remembers it vividly, reminds me of it on occasion, that at the time I said I felt like God had just slightly brushed me with the tip of his finger, but even that slight encounter nearly wiped me out. This encounter with God produced a response of fear, which I did not know how to process spiritually or theologically at the time. I knew it had something to do with the power of God, but that's all I knew. It was not fear of punishment, not fear of judgment or fear of hell, but it was fear nonetheless. Now that, that sort of fear did not happen again for another 20 years. In fact, it seems to come back in roughly 20-year intervals. The second time I was serving as a full-time pastor and very involved with contemplative prayer and spiritual formation and spiritual direction, I had been leading meditation groups and retreats for years. And on this particular occasion, I was at a week-long silent retreat at the Shalem Institute in Washington, D.C. And during one session of silent meditation, dread filled me. It was fear and trembling of biblical proportion, much stronger than that first time. It was like I was staring into a void in which I did not exist. I can only describe it really as terror, which shook me to the depths of my being. I had a sense that I was dying. There was nothing that I could do to stop it. Now, I immediately confided with the spiritual director of the retreat, but Strangely enough, as I look back on it now, she did not know what was happening to me. It could not help me through it. I ended up leaving the retreat early and returning home. And when I got home, I immediately made an appointment with my spiritual director at the time. I told her what was going on. I told her that I felt like I had gotten too close to the burning bush and was being consumed. I felt like I was dissolving and ceasing to be. She also did not know what was going on with me. In fact, she even consulted with her, her colleagues, her fellow spiritual directors, and they, they talked about it, but they didn't really understand what was going on with me. It did not help me, really, at the time, to know that all of these spiritual guides and experts could not help. Now, if this experience had happened these days, it may be written off as a panic attack or an anxiety attack, and I would be prescribed some sort of anti-anxiety medication or antidepressant. You know, we tend to pathologize fear and medicate it these days. It's a good thing they did not have medications like this in biblical times, or we would not have half of the prophetic books of the Bible. Remember that even Jesus' family on one occasion tried to bring him home because they thought he was out of his mind. It's a good thing Jesus lived in the 1st century, not the 21st century, or he would probably have been medicated. But this experience at the Shalem Institute for Spiritual Formation clearly had spiritual and not just psychological roots. At the time, it shook me to the depths of my being, and the after-effects of it persisted for months. It lasted so long, and it remained so strong, that I simply did not know how to process this new reality. So out of fear, I just decided that this contemplative spiritual path was just too dangerous for me. So I retreated into my earlier 
conservative evangelical worldview that felt much safer and more secure. In my conservative Christian religious armor, I felt safe again. It was like a hard shell that protected me. I was, you could say, a hard-shell Baptist. I even became a Southern Baptist at that time, and even, you know, even a Calvinist. At that time, the Calvinism was sweeping through the, the Southern Baptist Convention, including the seminary that I attended, although I confess I never really could fully embrace that. I was not a very good Calvinist. But I did become all about doctrine, and who was a believer, and who was not, who was in, and who was out. And this approach made me very successful in my preaching and in my ministry as a pastor and my church prospered until the Spirit forced a crack in my armor and called me to peek outside the shell. God was calling me to take up my cross and follow Christ out of religion into where the Spirit could have full reign. I knew that I had been running and hiding from the truth and I then began a multi-year period of examining my faith. In fact, I even took a year off of ministry, which turned out to be a year and a half, to do this. And during that time, I relentlessly examined and deconstructed my religious views in order to discover what really was true about this universe and at the heart of human existence. The third time that this fear and trembling came upon me was about 20 years after that, about eight years ago. I was pastoring here in New Hampshire for about a year and a half when my doctor diagnosed me with pancreatic cancer and pronounced that I did not have long to live. You know, there's nothing that concentrates the mind like a death sentence. And I wept, I grieved, and I died but not in the way that I was expecting. That is when I realized what this recurring fear was all about. It was really a sort of existential angst at facing mortality. Fear of non-existence by experiencing that non-existence. Fear of death, if you will, but not just physical death, but the death of the self. Now, it turned out, obviously, I'm alive today, so it turned out that uh, I did not have pancreatic cancer. Further, further tests revealed that do the doctor had misdiagnosed me. I was not physically dying, which was a relief to say the least. My wife believes that I was miraculously healed. That encounter with imminent physical death was a blessing that prompted insight that I probably would not have had otherwise. It was the beginning of my death and rebirth. I realized what those two previous experiences actually were. They were the beginning of the death of the self. I had identified with my individual psychological identity, my personality. Those experiences were times when that facade of myself slipped and I got a glimpse of no self. I saw what I really was, 
and it scared the hell out of me, so to speak. It was dying, dying of the self. Now, some people call the self the ego. It is the psyche, the psychological self, which we just assume is who we really are. We, we, we mistake for our true selves. In the presence of God, this self identity is threatened. The words of the prophet Isaiah capture this. In a vision, he saw the Lord enthroned in the temple, high and lifted up, he said. And he proclaimed, Woe is me, I am undone. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That's the way I had felt, that I was undone. Fear is the natural human reaction to being undone in the presence of the all-consuming God. We dissolve in God's presence. We cease to be. In the presence of the great I am, we are not. Our carefully constructed selves come apart. It is understood immediately and undeniably that we are not, that only God is. And we disappear in the presence of God. Our self dies. So we feel like we're physically dying. That is why in every one of these experiences, I felt like I was dying. The self knew it was doomed. At the same time, this third experience revealed to me that there was nothing to be afraid of in this death. This self that was dying was not me. It can die, and yet I would not be affected. In fact, paradoxically, this death is true life. It reveals our true nature. It is a rebirth. That's what Jesus is really talking about when he spoke about being born again. There is no rebirth without death. This is not the pale imitation of being born again that is preached by evangelical Christianity today. You know, praying a little magical prayer of, of uh, repentance printed in a pamphlet or quoted by an evangelist doesn't really do anything. It's not bad. It can make the self feel better. But it has nothing to do with rebirth. To be reborn, the self has to die. And that is what the cross symbolizes. That is the true message behind the imagery of death and resurrection. It's all about the death of self, physical and psychological self. It's about seeing through our fake identity, that little ego creature, that mental construction that we mistake for ourselves. That is not who we are. That's a personality cult. We only discover who we are when that dies. Then we see that the little self is really nothing. It doesn't really exist. As Ecclesiastes says, it's a vapor, a mist. It's an illusion, a trick of the mind. It is a survival mechanism created by the brain through evolution to help us function in the, in the world. And it does that job very well. But it gets in the way in the spiritual life. We discover what we really are only when that self begins to disappear, when it is seen through. Then we can see that we are nothing, that we are no thing. 
We are, in fact, everything the self is not. We are the spacious presence that remains when the self disappears. Divinity shines in this place. Eternity dwells in this place. There is no death here. There is no fear. For as the scripture says, perfect love drives out all fear. This means there is nothing to fear in fear. When we get close to the fire, only the dross is consumed. The I am is not consumed. Like the burning bush on the mountainside of Sinai that burned without being consumed. When we die, God is born in that space where we were. We die before we die. When we die, before we physically die, we inherit life, true life, eternal and abundant here and now. I went on a bit longer today than I normally do, but I had a lot to say, but this is enough for now. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for this week. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can find my blog, Spiritual Reflections, as well as a link to my books at marshalldavis.us. You can email me if you want. You can find my email address on my blog site. I hope you join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.